What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 323 of She Podcasts. I am your co-host, Jessica Kupferman. With me as always, power to the people, <laughs> Miss Elsie Escobar. What's hello. up, everybody? Party people! And of course, our beloved and invisible producer, John Jamingo. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, everyone. Hey, listen, I would like, I didn't tell you about this. But I would Uh-oh. like to have a little segment in the beginning of the show, and it's called Soundbite of the Week. Mm-hmm. It is where during oh the editing, God. I get a little scrumptious bit of audio from one of the two of you, or me, not that I ever have it. Scrumptious. And f- the first one I have is of Elsie, and it is this. Jess, I have naughty thoughts. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I get one of them every week, and you know something. I felt like in the beginning of the show, I need it's a little perfect. right. Oh my gosh! So, do you need an introduction to it, or should you just do and now? I might do the it. sound bite of the week. Now, sound bite of the week. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and then she followed that up with this one. I have naughty thoughts. Just in case she didn't get it the first time. It's like double. It's double. I wish that was you know, an actual that whole segment. segment. Would make a really good cartoon, also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but who has time to make cartoons? But keep yeah, I it, know. Keep it because I would like to. I'll make them in the in the Christmas time when I'm not doing other things. Hey, you know what? That yeah, that one where I fall down or that <laughs> thing, that noise that when you kick it or something. A, John, you don't have a list of them, do you? I don't. I, you know, because I'm a horrible producer. And... I because I, uh, most of the time I'm trying to get it done real quick so I can get it to you yeah, or something's going no, on. It's hard. That's to pull. not you being horrible. That's you just trying like Amber. That's you just being efficient <laughs> and effective. Because it was funny when you fell down though. Which one was that? It was last episode. Yeah. No. Yeah, because we were yes, talking about the bed, and we were talking about the bed, and she goes, yeah, and you got to get all this, and she did something, and she hit the back. And everything fell, but it sounded a lot worse than it actually was, but it sounded horrible. All right, I'm just going to write down cartoons, and then I'll make a task list. So the first one is episode 322, The Bed and Falling Down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's, at the, it's towards the beginning, so. Okay. But... Anywho, I, Amber wants to know if you're filming in the River Arts District. I I guess I I don't even know enough of where I am to even tell you where I am. And there you have it. I am in da- da- really close to downtown Asheville for sure. So if you know this area, I am at Vortex Donuts essentially. All right, I Amber. Am. There you have it, baby. Yes. Vortex Donuts, which sounds like, which sounds like a store full of donuts that you are supposed to not be able to resist. You fall into Actually, a donut you know vortex. I, I am was, not susceptible to a donut vortex. They suck you in like a tornado. 
I love the way that they have those. You know how they have like, um, what is it called when somebody has the brand and then at the bottom it has like a, a few words or like a little saying at Tag the bottom line, of it? slogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So theirs is Tasty Local Twisted. <laughs> that's awesome. I know. That's why I was, I'm sharing because I just went over the website thinking that, oh my God, I have to see if, because they're usually not open on Mondays, but it, it said on Google that they were open. So I walked all the way down here in the morning and I found out that they were closed. Mm-hmm. They're only open Wednesday through Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. So I had to walk to another, oh, I found another beautiful little coffee shop that I, I was so excited. I took all these pictures and then I sent them over to Randy and he was like, that looks like the type of place you, you would hang out before you met me. <laughs> Meaning it was like very Meaning like, now you have common sense. Whereas before you didn't, Randy, no. is that what he's saying? No, I will beat his ass. Even that is I'm not probably, what he was saying. It's, just, it's a little more, ass. it's a little more frou-frou. It's a little more oh, like okay. sleek. Like it's, you know, it said coffee, snacks, beer, wine, and plants. And it, but it was very European. Like when I went in there, I was like, oh, this is so aesthetically very pleasing, very like open and yeah, incredibly European, like a little cafe outside. It was amazing. I loved it so much. Um, so that's what he meant. <laughs> Not nothing more than that. Oh, my yeah, God. You were done before I came along. Yeah. Yeah. This is no, this is amazing. And lo- cool. it's called Farewell, which is an interesting name. Mm-hmm. On its own. But anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, shall we get started? What shall we talk about today? We have a bunch of stuff to discuss. Yes. We're going to take it down a notch like we normally. Oh. Isn't that what they say when they're doing a concert and they get serious for a minute? Oh. Okay. Don't they go, we're going to bring it down a notch. Ma'am, can, sing... can you get the lights down? I just want a spot. Yeah. And, they're like, and they'll <laughs> sing the ballad. Are you going to sing the ballad? Ah, yeah. No. <laughs> But I do want to discuss something that you and I touched on last week. Every year as podcast movement comes to town, regardless of what town or if I come to that town, about a month prior, I start having panic, like clothing panic. And I just start having – well, according to Scott, I just start buying everything in sight. Like starting from like a month – like for two weeks, I buy – Makeup, shoes, dresses, hair things. I, I fuck with my hair. This is when I got a mohawk. This is when I dyed it blue. Every year I do something because I'll tell you why. Because I'm going to be in a room full of industry people and I'm not a corporate person, but I feel on some level like I should either look like one, sound like one, or that I should do the clean opposite and be as like freelance looking as possible. But this year I can't really do either one because this year, you know, in 2019, you know, we started a business. It's now a business with a, you know, with a business bank account and everything. And this year, a lot of the people there are my sponsors and people that are investing in my event. And those who aren't, you know, I'll have a team there may try to convince them to do so. So I started buying the things already. (laughs) Because, like, that's just what I do. And I never really know how to dress, but, like, I do something different every time. So, like, I've bought the work dresses. I've bought the T-shirt and jeans outfits with blazers. Most people would advise you, just be yourself. Well, I am, like, a little bit of a chameleon. I change, not myself, but, like, I change my 
brand of chic depending on where I am. There's like disheveled chic. There's grandma chic. There's, you know, oh my God. there's pool chic. There's Jewish mother chic. There's all the chics. So like, <sighs> so like it's different every time. But this time I also want to be like, there are some people that I want to, you know, be able to convince that it's a good investment, that it's serious. And I don't exactly know how to dress for that. You know, so now I'm getting advice from some of the watchers saying go for comfortable because it's such a long day. And another one that says you already dress appropriately. And then the Kel and Dead Kennedys shirt. This is a good idea with only Doc Martens, though. But they make my <laughs> ankles look fat. No, I'm just kidding. I have I <laughs> that's not a bad outfit either. I have decided on something called a sheath dress, which is neither. I mean, it, it basically is like a I don't want to say like a sack with sleeves, but it's like it's like a straight slightly looser dress with different types of sleeves and you can either wear sneakers with it or sandals or heels or you know you can dress it up with jewelry you can dress it down and I, there's like a variety of those plus jumpsuits which i always think look cute on me but this is not about what i'm gonna wear though it's much more about how to behave and that is really i think the worry because i'll look how i look i mean i've done all the things to look however i'm gonna look i can only look like what i look like I dress up, I clean up, I know I'll look fine, but it's also about behavior. And like when Elsie and I were talking about this the other day, you mentioned that, you know, well, she had just come out of a meeting where, you know, she said, that, you know, there's lots of masculine energy and I felt like I needed to like, in, you know, have some infused into me because when I think of masculine energy, I think of just balls out confidence, confidence and charm. And I have those things, but I don't know if I can have those things in this situation when I want something. I have those things when other people want something from me, but I start to stutter and stuff when I want or need something. I become apologetic. I become nervous. I become too nice, firstly and foremostly. So like I started looking at all these like floral dresses and I was like, no, 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 I don't want to look cute. I don't want to look pretty because it makes me look like a doormat. Uh, that's doormat dress. So but, but I don't know, first of all, why it has to be associated one with the other. And then secondly, like, I don't want to wear anything that makes me feel like, hi, do you know me? We met on the phone. How you doing? You know, I want to be serious and confident. I think that uh, if I may interrupt a I'm little done. bit. Go for it. Okay. I think that there's two things. There's one of them, which is our own perception of ourselves and what, and, and what makes us feel comfortable just mm. as humans, right? I'm so there's that. that. Yes. There's that conversation that you, I think, are the one that's going to have to answer that for yourself. Yeah, I can answer that. Um, go, so go on first. moving into the conversation around being in a room where you feel like, you know, you're having these powerful conversations with people and then you start feeling like you would like to have a little bit more of that masculine energy in the positive sense right in the mm -hmm. real positive right. not aggression this is a strong confidence. like confidence and you know clear clear in, in some yeah. ways in, in terms of that and it isn't even that i'm not confident what it is is that i'm not usually in someone's face Right. Like I can be confident on Zoom very easily. Like I'm confident when I talk to people. I'm not confident wandering around an exhibit hall looking like I'm, you know, interested in something. Right. And and so again, I'm just going to give this to you that I had to that it's something that I constantly remember every time I teach the folks that I teach and every and it started when I started to teach yoga because um when I started to take the seat cuz that's what you're doing now. You're taking the seat. Mm -hmm. You are taking the seat of 
CEO. CEO. You're taking the seat of leader. You're That's taking right. the seat of impact maker, right? right. Mm-hmm. So whenever I took that first seat, I honestly, the first thing is when you sit up there, I was just like, I don't know enough. I'm going to hurt these people. Uh, who am I to be up here and having these people come in the room? I'm going to fail. Uh, they're going to make fun of me. Like all of the things started to come out in my head. And I remember distinctly my teacher in the past said that when you take the seat of the teacher, you are there as a reflection of all of those that have given everything that they have to you. And also the fact that you are there to represent the people that cannot be there. And the minute that I took it outside of me, Meaning like, it's not about About you, you. right? It's not about me. It's not about how you perceive me. It's not about my business. It's not about what I'm trying to get from you. It's about you advocating to everybody else that you are in the room representing. And when you know that you are, when you are selling or when you are pitching to sponsors or whatever, you're not pitching Jessica Kufferman. No, I know that. Our women. And in that sense, if you think like, if you remember their names, if you remember those people, if you remember, because I guarantee you that at any time that you've connected fully with, you're a, a huge advocate for so many different causes that come out in the world. And if somebody is going to put a mic in front of you and say, you need to advocate for you know, insert person who is suffering at this time or that that is totally not okay that they were overlooked or whatever. I guarantee you, you're not going to be sitting there going like, I wish I could be confident to speak about this. You will just do it because that's who you are as a human. So if you have somebody in your head that you're speaking up for, not you, not me, but one of the women that have gotten so much from what yeah, we're like doing. Yeah, maybe Suzanne, who was there and never like, been to a conference before. Right. Or Shaletta, who started her whole network. Exactly. And you think, like, you're there because voices like Shaletta's voice need to be out there. Mm-hmm. People like, you know, like, we have in here even Jenny Wetter, that she's, like, doing stuff for other women out there mm-hmm. and getting her message out. Mm-hmm. To understand that those women would not, they're still not being heard. Yeah. Nobody's, hear, nobody's hearing these voices. We're not getting the light that we need to be getting into the things that we're the work that we're doing. You're advocating for all of us. And if yeah. you start to turn it about it in, in that respect, it isn't about you, Jess. And so that's why whenever you start, when people start to like even resist back, how dare you, how dare you not recognize how important well, so what, then I'm, when I'm what we're doing is, you know, that's exactly how I feel. Oh, you don't want to support women and underrepresented voices. Why don't I tell everyone? <laughs> no, but that's, but I know. And, and I like, know that's not good karma. I'm going to go right. ahead and put that right out of my head. But I think that's part of it, good. there is a sense of being able to, instead of, and I think that this is, you know, this is a conversation that happens all the time. And I know Erica Corday um, and India Jackson, who both, I, I love both of those women so very much. Like Erica just actually posted about this when you're, you know, when do you call people in and when do you call them out? And and how do you really move forward in those conversations, right? Because there, there is a point when you do call people out, but usually it's not where we are triggered to do it, right? It comes at some point. But calling people in is something. What? What's going on? Why are you laughing? Because Troy mom. wrote, tell their moms. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, that seems very simple. No, you know what? I think a good way to do it is to make sure that every that your sponsor page is very clear. These are the sponsors that have made an effort to support women's voices this year. You know, 
That's calling so out think. without calling out. So yeah, yeah. the other thing that Elsie and I were talking about, now I'll be interested to hear what you live watchers will think about this. But like I was telling her about how when I was younger, so I've had in-person, they're called outside sales jobs for a while. I used to sell advertising for the newspaper here. My boss was about 6'2", and my coworker, Ken, who was like three years younger than me, was also like six feet. And when our boss would come in our office, we would stand up so we could talk to him. And like he mostly just talked to Ken because they were up here. They were like a foot. I'm only 5'2". So they would talk to each other up here. And I'd be like, "Um, are you guys going to – Yeah, hey, hey, I have something to say. Hey, down here. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, so after a while, I started wearing platform – I wore platforms – Everywhere I went, platform sandals, platform Mary Janes, four inch platforms, like a psycho, just so that I could look and appear eye level. Right. And it was really frustrating. You should have had a box. When they came in, you just pulled the box and oh stood on the box. Oh my God, could you imagine you're carrying your own little box? You're like, you put it down, you're like, <laughs> 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 it's that little step stool. But, you know, but, th- but then there's also like, I've also had times in my life, like, okay, so when I was selling that advertising, they were used to being sold to by a man because men work in the newspaper. So I used to zhuzh it up a little bit. Like I used to show a little cleavage, have a sh- little bit of a shorter skirt because I felt like it gave me – they listened to me better when I was when I was like fancier. I was telling Elsie also like I used to do these experiments when I would go to job interviews where I'd straighten my hair because I feel like they were taking me more seriously. Like I'm taken more seriously when my hair's not curly. I'm taken more seriously when I'm, I mean, when I was a kid, I thought it was when I was not wearing glasses. Now maybe it's when I do wear glasses, but I used to feel like people were nicer to me when I wore my contacts and I would do these little, these little social experiments inside my head. And I think some of that is happening too. Like, how can I be tall enough? How can I, how can I look like the person that's, I mean, you know, I, I see Lena saying, you know, you're just gonna, you know, you wear the same thing you were wearing before because you were killing it or they're not going to... I mean, guys, I know that they're sponsoring our event and not my glasses or my hairstyle, but I also know that these are subconscious biases. They're not thinking, dude, she's wearing glasses. I'm not paying attention to her. Fuck that shit. I just think that they subconsciously would rather talk to someone that looks like this than someone that looks like this. Because fat people are considered lazy, because fat people are considered sloppy, because people with curly hair are considered crazy, because people with glasses are nerdy, because Jewish people are obsessed with money, because short people, you know, have to run and jump to get on their own bed, whatever it is. You know, I know they're there. I've had to deal with all of them on some level, whether it's been conscious or not conscious. And again, I'm telling the audience because... Telling Elsie is useless because she has none of those. Pro- I mean, you. I'm sure you've had to deal with. I'm no, sure. I I agree. But I mean, sure, I think yeah. this is something that I have great privilege <laughs> of my genetics that I wasn't really ever called out for any of these things. Mind you, my personality is slightly different because I've never been one that wanted to fit in. But at the same time, I also have the privilege of being able to wear whatever the hell I want mm-hmm. in whatever style I want. And I've never gotten my hair cut. You, you know what I mean? There's so many different things about me. But what I'm saying is like it is people would roll their eyes like, oh, right? Like mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't had that problem. I get it. 
I like to take over a room when I go in the room because I know that I can. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, just because I happen to have that bonus feature, which I can, I know how to dress myself. I know how to do it. So Mm -hmm. it's incredibly eye-opening to me too because of the fact that, again, those biases that we might have that are unconscious biases or the privileges that we might have that are unconscious privileges. The fact that I didn't even have any idea that it was hard to shop when you are not my size. Oh, my God. It's only now just becoming easier. Yeah. Luckily, I became fluffy in a world that was starting to know that fluffy people need nice dresses, too. So it hasn't been a complete disaster, but I mean, it's been damn close. I'm not going to lie. It's hard. But all I'm I'm saying to you, though, Jess, is that you're right, that there's a lot of folks that it's like, I don't know what that's like. Mm -hmm. And part of this narrative is that we do have to step in in a situation where I don't know, like, how do you dress as a CEO, and how do we find these outfits, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a type of clothing. And I can literally buy whatever the hell I decide in my head to be. I'll find it, and, and I can wear it. Whereas you might not be able to easily find something like that for yourself that actually fits the way that you want. And I'm seeing it with my children as well. When we go shopping, May May has a certain body. Hunter has a different body than, than May May does. And May knows what she wants. And Hunter goes into the dressing room and she comes out and she goes, none of these clothes fit my body. And mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. You have to be able to understand that all of those things that we're working against. And my hope is that at least in podcasting as it stands, the entire reason that podcasting, I feel, has the power that, is that, that, that it does is that it actually allows or was founded with the folks that never fit in in the first place. The ones that want to do it their way. The ones mm. that aren't fitting the mold of what media or even culture looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I feel there is an advantage to all of that stuff. And if you use that, and it's, it's a mindset thing, but I don't, you know, even now, I just feel all the, the pressure of how you present yourself. And you're right, the biases that come when people engage with you mm-hmm. and maybe make a decision simply based on an, some kind of weird internal bias that they might have over everything that you mentioned is really, really frustrating and so very, I want to punch it in the face. That's sweet. Thank you, dear. It's just not. I have to step in because I know Jess on a personal level, and I've seen her speak twice. Both times I watched her speak, she blew me away with her presentation and what she did. And it's not because of the said presentation, which was good. It's how she handled things that didn't go well. In other words, (laughs) something didn't happen or I mean, you handle that flawlessly. You make a joke about it. And I also think, look, I've been a male most of my life. And what I'm saying here is that we have those same problems. We go into rooms with all men and we know that we have to step up and do this thing. And it's scary for us, too. We act. We have to act. And I think it's like stand up comedy. Sometimes you just got to go in there and fail and then learn from the failure. To me, it's terrifying every time you have to go into a room and do something like that, but you can't, you got to go in and and fake it till you make it. And you do that, you know, I've seen you speak at two conferences. And like I say, when you got done, I was like, holy mackerel, I didn't even know she had that in her. 
can't imagine what I did. You make me sound like David Copperfield. No, Jess, it's like, you know, I think that that's also something that you undercut yourself with as well. I've been on stage with you. I've shared stage with you. I've watched you do a presentation as well. I've watched you teach online. And I think that it's really... it, you, you're exceptional at every one of those things, and it's about it's in the same level. So it's not like, let's just do a Zoom thingy. It's not. I mean, I distinctly remember classes that you taught where I had you in my ears. I was like on the phone, and you were teaching your brand vu workshop, and I was taking that. You had me captivated while I had you just in my ears, and I was shopping at Whole Foods, of course. When you're taking on stage and you talk about what you talk about, you take up space in a way that's really, really powerful. I think that there's all kinds of stuff sometimes that might get in the way of just allowing yourself to be and to you not recognizing how powerful you really are. I understand you and I want to support you and I hear the insecurities. And I think all of us have it. I get it. You know, like all of those things. I think we all have it. And I'm not going to sit there and just go like, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, don't worry. Because I I don't want to be dismissive about it. But the reality is that if you needed to buck up in the presentation and the selling game, I wouldn't be like telling you, you can go do it. I think that I would be really not a good friend if I pushed you to be in a situation where you wouldn't be able to swim yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? I yeah. know you are capable and I know that you have everything that you need. So, I will support you as you teeter so that you can nail it. But I'm not going to put you in a situation ever where I feel that you're not equipped to be able to feel yourself. I feel at this point it's it's the mind crap and you know, I've seen it every time you go. To, every time you're going into an event, we have these conversations every about the same stuff. Time, but never about feminine and masculine energy. Never no. about no. like That's CEO energy. But yeah, definitely about appearance. And then let's go past the appearance. Like, let's just say that I agree with you all and believe you that it's all in my head and that I should step into my power, as they say. How do you stay out of your head in in those situations? How do you walk into the expo hall for the first time and then, you know, you do a lap and it's like, once I do a lap, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm like, mm, uh, do I go over here or should I sit over here? I don't know what to do. My hands are broken. So Jenny says, I, I deal with it by over-preparing. Yeah, I mean, I overpack. I don't over-prepare, but I will, I will have a little posse to help me on some level, like pump me up a little bit. What if you can't? So what? So what if you're nervous every time you go up there and, you, and you're just going to have to get used to getting nervous? You'll just get used to getting nervous the more you do it, right? Every time yeah. you open, when you first started podcasting, every time you opened the mic, you were nervous. Until I don't want to be nervous. No? You, that's part of kind of the human experience to some degree. Ugh. Even like, you know, even how like, who, who are something like, you know, Barbara Streisand and I think Lady Gaga and all of these folks who have like, and they have fright? anxiety. Yeah. As sure. soon as they get on stage, like they're having such like insane stage fright. Some of them haven't even done it. Like, True. I mean, I've, I've had some serious, like when I was in call and no, not in college. When I was in high school, I was, <laughs> this is bizarro. I was a really good basketball player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like the captain of my basketball team since I was a, a, a sophomore, a varsity captain since I was like. I was in varsity since I was a sophomore. So I was really good. I was point guard. We didn't have a very large team. I essentially was the one that was leading a lot of that team. But every time that I went to play a game, I would get 
so, I had crippling anxiety to such a degree that one day I, I faked hurting my ankle and I didn't go to the away game because I was so afraid to play the game. I faked it. I totally faked it. I couldn't even do it. And I'm, I'm thinking back at how deep that lie was and how I just, it it was a crippling anxiety that I would get. About what? That you would lose? What's the anxiety? Jess, this is, this is what I'm saying to you. It oh, is I'm just wondering. totally doesn't make sense. Do okay. you understand? Like yeah. you can talk about, all, this is what I'm saying to you. You're t- talking right now about what do I do with my hands? And yeah. I'm like, hello, we all have that. The point mm-hmm. is that we hit it and we move through it. Because mm-hmm. if it, all of it is going to feel like that. I remember anytime that I speak up about something that matters to me, I can't stop shaking. My heart starts beating and I, sometimes the tears start to come and it's never not going to be that way. It's going to be better. I'm going to be able to hold the capacity for me to be in that speaking truth better and better every time. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to get better if I don't do it. Right? right. Nobody's, no, I'm never going to be ready for that. You just do it. You got to do it. You got to speak it. That's all I'm saying. I don't want you to all of a sudden fake. I'm, I'm using it as a metaphor, like fake getting yourself like messed up on your ankle. I mean, I seriously was like limping around. They gave me crutches. Who does that? Me? Yeah. I yeah. totally didn't want to play in a basketball game. That's crazy. I it's crazy. I never imagine you would do that. Absolutely. Cri- and it was crippling. I mean, it was really crippling where I was like, I'm, I woke up nauseous and I, I started, pl- I planned my exit for days because I was in such overwhelming anxiety and I got out of it. I didn't do it again, but I got out of it that one time to not go to play the game, which is, again, illogical. And it gave me nothing other than the fact that I didn't have to step onto this to play the game. Yeah. Anxiety is that emotion that we still have from our lizard brain or, you know, prehistoric brain where it's supposed to protect us, but now it doesn't. And it actually hinders us before anxiety was, it would heighten everything. So you would be, prepared to either run or fight but that's not what it does now it just makes it so hard to go and that's why i don't speak i don't get up on stage and do anything like that i'll Mm -hmm. do it behind the screen i'll do that but i'm not getting up on stage and teaching anything or talking about anything there's no way yeah and also the other thing jess it's so interesting um you know everybody's just coming out of their little like caves right now so I guarantee you nobody that you're going to be with is not going to be feeling a little weird because nobody's been going to conferences. Nobody's been having like face-to-face communications in the way that you will be having them. Nobody's having like real life meetings. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of places that are just now starting to open up offices. There's a lot of disconnection from other people. So everyone is having their own shit inside of their own head. That's true. Everyone. They're still going to go, oh my God, what am I going to wear? Everybody's going to go like, oh, I, yeah. you know, I don't look the way that I did. Are people going to see how much older I've gotten? Uh, look at all the weight that I've gained or whatever. 
whatever is going on in their own heads. I haven't gotten my hair cut in forever or people are going to go get their haircuts and it's going to be like horrible. You know awkward. how you do that? Yeah. Awkward. And when you're like, oh my God, I should not have I gotten my hair cut. I should never have done this. I'd rather yeah. look like a prairie woman. Totally. So I think yeah. that it's not just going to be you. And part of the process is for you to be able to to just own that everybody else is actually going through the same exact thing that you are. Yeah. Because they are. Honestly, the thing that's helping me the most is the idea that I'm representing not myself. Because if I don't, exactly. if I don't have to make I, it about me, cold, then yep. it becomes a mission and not yep. a burden. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I feel that every time that I had that level of anxiety when I take the stage, I still think of that. And so I use that all the time that I'm here not to speak for myself or for, to have this be for me, but it's mm -hmm. about the people that I serve. And it's how, like, I was super nervous, you know, when I accepted, when I had to do that speech for the Hall of Fame, the Podcasting Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. I was like, so, I was so scared. I was so like scared it. that I totally dismissed, like, I wouldn't let myself get to, because it's like, when you're dealing with anxiety, there's like a, there's a line you don't cross. Because if you let your brain go over that line, you can't get it back easily. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's gone. It's like in a, a completely irrational place. So I've known now how to navigate that. And for me, it's pure avoidance. It's like, nope. Like, I don't even let the thought go there. Like, I have to have a hard stop. Like, it won't go there. Part of the process was me completely disassociating with what was happening. But I was really, really scared. And part of the thing that actually grounded me was the fact that I was accepting this award for all of the Latina women ever, <laughs> that I was accepting this award for all the independent podcasters, that I was accepting this award to show folks that you don't have to be a corp caster to be a podcaster and to have a career and to be able to be successful, mm -hmm. right? So when yeah. I thought about it from that perspective, I was like, who am I to not own this? Who am I to dismiss it? Because I'm not here for me. And so that's actually what gave me the strength to take up that space when I went on stage. But I was really like all of that stuff that you're talking about. I had that, but I had to like let it go and then tap into everybody that was there for me. That's the other thing. There were so many people that were there for me. How yeah. dare would I diminish that? Like how, how like who? No. I hear you. Right? That night I was on Facebook looking all over for the speech because I knew that they, somebody would broadcast it live. I was anxious for you. I was nervous I for you. I'm like, you were? Yeah, oh yeah. I'm like, please don't cry. Yeah. Please don't cry. <laughs> I, and I, I did. You know, Not too much, but I did cry. Yeah, a little Aww. bit, but I'm just saying, and I'm like, cause I wanted to see that Same. I mean, I have a lot of friends that have won those awards and stuff like that. And every time I'm like, oh, I always go watch the speech and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for them. But I know that how much it means to them. And you're afraid like something will happen. But so far, yeah. whoops, here's my ride. That'll have to be cut out. <laughs> oh, my God. That's my dad's jokes. <laughs> right. So uh, to see that happen, you're, everybody's rooting for you. And here's the big thing. Even if you would have broke down and bawled. We still would have rooted for you. It wouldn't have mattered because it's just, right. yeah, it doesn't matter. That's what I was mostly afraid of, too, is that I would, like, I had to get over the whole emotion aspect of it because I had to, 
I had to make sure the words mattered. And I think that that's really, I think that's also what made it. I had to get super clear about what the reason was for myself. And it wasn't about me. It was about things that are so much bigger than myself. And I feel that even just putting yourself in the position of understanding what She Podcast Live was for, not only for us, but for all of us. I think that that's what really made me, when I, when I was walking around She Podcast Live, it was insane feeling that it was never about just you or just me or that it was just us. It was ours. And that feeling of ours is maybe the feeling that you got to remember when you hold it because you're holding all of us. You're holding every single one of us there to be able yeah. to once again, make sure people understand the necessity of what that is. And how important it is. And I think that's really super grounding, at least for me. It's actually, yeah, it's really, it helps a lot. And I've told people, you know, and actually it's the same thing that I tell people when when they are afraid to do marketing for their show and they feel like a sleaze and they feel like this and they feel like that. I said, how are you supposed to help people with your show if nobody knows about it? You have to. You have to, have to, have to talk about it and be confident about it. So I guess I should take my own goddamn advice. Yeah. And, you know, the capacity, and I think that also the other thing is something that maybe this is a woman thing. I don't know. But it's the capacity to understand how worthy we are, but like truly Mm -hmm. to be in that space, to take up that room. Not because somebody told you to be there, but our Mm -hmm. own ability to like really breathe it in and to deeply know that we are worthy to be there. And that is... It's a tough thing to get, but once you get it, it feels amazing because then you realize that worth. And I think at least in, in how I've matured in the way that I take up space in rooms, that mm-hmm. was like a big thing because I, I always was more like, I will be humble at the ability to be here, so to speak. I am so thankful that I am here, which is fine. And that's great. And I am no way saying that those feelings are not valid and that they're not beautiful and that they're not expansive and all the things. But I'm saying that we also need to move into the recognition of your worth and to know that you you are capable and that you, you need to be there. The end. That's a different level and it feels... I think selfish at times. It feels that way, but this is a. It's kind of like owning up to, to everything. No, that you it, are. it's a good it's pep a talk. It makes a lot of sense, and it helps me like step out of my ego, which is really yeah. what what yep, you need. That's it. You know, it can be. Yeek. Yeah, that's what you need is to get the hell out of your ego and your head. Like the Billy Joel song, "Don't go changing, trying to please me." <laughs> Thank you, John. That was very helpful. (laughs) No, really, it is. It's very helpful. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you all. Yeah, taking your own advice is really hard, for sure. But I appreciate it. This has been very therapeutic. Very therapeutic. Thank you for the pep talk, Elsie. I appreciate it. Well, I hope so. Now, switching and maybe vying towards our next segment, why don't we talk a little bit about swell? Because that feels like it could be a really good place to start to practice your own voice and speaking about stuff that, I don't know, it could be, it could be a good app to do that with. 
Let's talk about Swell.life because Swell, like she said, it's a way of capturing your innermost thoughts, sort of like an audio diary or a way to start conversations that don't necessarily have to be recorded or go on your on your audio feed. It's sort of like a social network of users who love audio. It can be public or private. It's free. There's no ads. And you can post your thoughts, moments, photos, feelings, and opinions and experiences using your own voice. And you can also listen to those things from a variety of other people, topics, diverse voices from the world over. So another good thing about Swell is that you can share your link with fans and followers to keep them updated and engage them with new audio. And you can do it from anywhere, anytime, and also embed it into your own website. So please check out swell.life and let us know what you think. We'd love to connect with you there and see what you're up to. It's so good. I'm so glad, Sheila. I love that you love Swell. So tell us, I know that'll be, that's amazing. It would be awesome if you shared, like maybe in the chat or something, you can share your yeah. Swell profile or, yes, you know, or even how you use it. Cause that would be amazing. Yeah. Yay. Let us know. Or you can I know. I love too. that. Um, You know, we do have some podcasting news to kind of touch base on. Let's do it. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. I just want to remind folks that I am going live on Thursday evenings in the She Podcast Facebook group to report a little bit deeper into some news. And it's really just news centric with a little bit more analysis. And then I cross posted over to our Instagram. So the She Podcast Instagram, it is an IGTV in IGTV. So you can check those out there as well if you want to check that out. But I, I kind of want to t- just touch on two big things that were released. And I'm not quite sure what to think about this as of yet. And they both involve the company called Automatic. Automatic with two T's at the end. Automatic is the parent company of WordPress. And that would be WordPress.com. Last week, this was in our show notes. We didn't talk about it. There was like a report that Castos was, which is a hosting provider that was powered by WordPress. They were acquired for $756,000. Yeah. Automatic bought them. That was that. And I was a little like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Because I feel like WordPress, as it started to, you know, when you go to WordPress.com, you can do almost everything inside of that. Like, they have all the bits. Like, you can escalate it. Like, if you start for free with your blog, but then, like, if you want to, like, add custom URLs or if you want to do, you know, add widgets or, you know, embed iframes and all that stuff, you start to pay for it. And there's, like, all this stuff. And so now they've got hosting. All right. So that was mm-hmm. interesting. I'm like, okay. And Castos hasn't been around for that long. They are a relatively new player when it comes to the podcast hosting ecosystem. And then just as of last week, then we find out that they purchased Pocket Casts. What? And so I'm a little like, this was the one that I was like, I can't understand it right now. But then maybe... I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I know you're not really into like all the new stuff or anything like this. Usually I have an inkling. Usually I have like a, like I go, oh, like I have an in some kind of insight. But this one really surprised me. 
I'm not sure. What do you think? Why would WordPress.com buy Pocket Cast? Because they want their creators to start somehow creating audio and syndicating it. That's the only thing I can think of. Hmm. Like a private destination type? Like maybe if I, if I started to think about it from the perspective of what Stitcher is doing, right? Mm-hmm. Or Spotify, mm-hmm. where... I don't know. They are, there's not... like a certain like premium offerings. That seems bizarre though. But have they bought like content, cre- like have they bought like Squarespace no. or anything like that? They don't have any way for you to make your own thing. What do you mean? Your own? They don't have a way for you to make your own website. Like a WordPress is like a way for you to. Well, WordPress.com you know... does. If you sign up for WordPress.com, it's a free website. No, I know, but I'm saying I'm comparing WordPress to Spotify. They don't have the same functionality. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. But Spotify right. has its own app. They don't care what you do outside of creating audio. But right. WordPress is now trying to pull their people in for a price. It's a way for them to make money in a in a what seemingly hot space. You know. Yeah. I, I don't know, know how they're going to marry that in their marketing though, or how they're going to pull people over who have never. I think their goal is to pull people over who don't do audio and give them an easy way to do it somehow. I don't know. I'm just, I'm confused. And all I can tell you is that I just read the, I read the um, email from Russell and Phillips, who are the founders of Pocket Casts. And I think that this was the the paragraph that sort of worried me a tiny little bit. Quote, we're sure you have a lot of questions about what this means for Pocket Casts, and we'll go into more detail over the coming weeks. But rest assured that we don't expect you to notice any immediate changes to the way Pocket Casts works. So notice any immediate changes to me was like, oh, what? So it feels to me as if obviously there are going to be changes in the way Pocket Casts works, which makes me feel like things are going to change. Yeah, because they're like, not yet, though. <laughs> not yet, but it's the way that it works, right? Because there's a lot of companies that have acquired other companies, and they usually come in and go like, yes, we're happy to let them in, you know, to have them be part of the family. Nothing is going to change with them. They're going to keep doing their thing and their their own whatever and doing, you know. There's a lot of that has happened, which a lot of the time you see things working in parallel and there are some integrations, but it's nothing huge. This for me feels as if there are things coming and possibly with, with maybe Russell and Philip exiting. You think? Yeah. Maybe just leaving pocket cast with automatic and then having a different leadership team take it over and then they'll step away and move on. That's kind of, my sense that I got, mind you, that's like one sentence. And I got all of that information in my own head because of that one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Could you think you, maybe they're going into competition with Anchor? They have all the elements now to be an Anchor. Yeah, but Anchor's free, though. And I'm not sure they're going to make Castos free. I may be wrong. I don't know if they're going to keep it free. There's just... It, it has to be an upgrade. I mean, you know, everybody wants WordPress.com because it's one of the, the strongest ways for you to start, po- uh, start a website for free. And all the fancy things are the things that you pay for. And I think that podcast hosting should be a fancy thing that you pay for. Mm-hmm. That's in addition to, you know, if you start your free thing and then you want all of this extra fun stuff, you have to pay for all that extra fun stuff. Yeah, but now WordPress has hosting, right? 
They have it now. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm they saying. They've had it, they, though. They've had it. They did? WordPress.com sort of does their own hosting, but I think it's through like... Yeah, but I think that I think John is talking about pod, podcast hosting. Uh, is what John was talking about. That's why they just bought ha- Castos, is what I'm saying. So I think I mean, that... yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe. So they can't, even though if they want to compete with Anchor, I'm not sure they want to compete with Anchor. I think they're probably more competing with something like PowerPress or something like Blueberry is more what I think about versus Anchor um, because they have everything built in. It's already part of it. Well, I mean, Lipson has the same thing. They have, you know, website. Everybody you build, you does. You build your dude. website there's and like, all that. Yeah. Yeah. There's like all of these other plugins out there that live off of WordPress, essentially. They are crafted to have podcasting in WordPress. That's like, it's huge. But that's why I'm like, whoa, they just bought Castos. Anyway, that's it hmm. for the news for me, dude. I don't have, all right. I'm not going to tap on, touch on, base on anything else. I think that that is good. Mind you, though, we have to tell our friends all about our um, shindig that's happening at Podcast Movement. Yes, we cannot forget. If you're coming to Podcast Movement, um, we are having a big party for women and non-binary podcasters. It is going to be Wednesday night in the hotel Delta Ballroom, 5 to 7 p.m. We're going to have drinks and some snacks and some networking opportunities. We would love to see you there. Please go to shepodcast.com slash shindig to RCP just so we make sure we can buy enough alcohol. And oh, my gosh. And also, if you don't have your, your podcast movement ticket, please buy yours and use the code ShePodcasts. Please, ShePodcast, one word, and it's, you get $40 off yeah. of your ticket. So if you, you are still two weeks left, debating, so like, I know. Get on it. Oh, my God. It's coming. And if so, especially if you're local around-ish, that area-ish, mm-hmm. get, go ahead and make a road trip. Get $40 off. Come to the shindig. Come that day, maybe, and then go back yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it. You have to do it. I got a question. It has to be done. Yes. How, how do you spell shindig? S-H-I-N-D-I-G. Good. Did I spell it wrong somewhere? Can't wait. No, I'm find just find trying to out. figure I just wanted to make sure that I would know how to spell <laughs> that. Oh my god! Yeah, S H I N D I G. You're freaking me out here, man. Sorry, dude. <laughs> That's okay. Oh god! All yeah. right. So thank you guys okay. so much for listening. If you want to find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, find us at She Podcast. You can also go to our website, ShePodcast.com, for all of the links that we mentioned today, as well as our show notes. And if you have not bought a ticket to our own event, She Podcast Live, please go to ShePodcast.com forward slash live and get your ticket to go. It's happening in Scottsdale, Arizona, October 14th through the 17th of this year. And we will not be the same without you. We need you there. So please come. ShePodcast.com slash live. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for watching. Love you. Mean it. Bye.